Christ in a right way, understanding the significance of His coming. And Advent doesn't just look back at the birth of Jesus when He came 2,000 years ago. Advent looks forward into the future when Jesus Christ will come again. And so this is uh, what we are not only celebrating, but it's a time of, of preparation. And so this last week of Advent uh, is dealing with Jesus and Emmanuel. It's two names that were, were given in the Scripture to one Savior. And our Scripture text is going to be in Matthew chapter 1. And Father, we just ask today, Lord, that by your Spirit, you would open the eyes of our hearts and the eyes of our understanding. God, that you would speak to us and reveal truth to us, Lord, from your Word. Lord, that our hearts would be prepared, that our minds would be renewed, that we would be transformed by the power of your Spirit, by the power of your Gospel. Lord, we thank you for this promise. And we ask that it be done for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. So Advent is a, is a time, it's a season, a celebration of God's coming, is what Advent is about. And here in Matthew chapter 1, let's begin reading in verse 21. This is when the angel is talking to Joseph. He's letting Joseph know it's okay to take Mary as your wife. Go ahead and do this, because what has transpired here was not man's doing. This was something God was doing. And, and, and so here's what the angel says to Joseph in verse 21. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. So God with us is not God and us. Listen, I want you to hear me really closely. God with us is not God and us. God with us is God in us. There is a difference. God and us implies separation. You and I can walk hand to hand. You and I can walk together. But I am a person and you are a person. God and us implies separation. God in us implies Union. Now, we're not Buddhist here this morning. We didn't become a, we're not a drop that disappeared into the great ocean of spirituality and I lose my identity. Well, I do lose my identity in the sense that now my identity, I am identified where? In Christ. And so the scripture gives us this theme in the New Testament over and over and over that now we are, if we are redeemed, we are in Christ. And so, God has come to us, and God is now with us, how? In Christ. God is with us in Christ. Church, do you know that God is with us this morning? God is in heaven. Jesus has ascended to the Father. He sits at the right hand. That is true. 
But the reality is also that his spirit is in us and Christ lives in us now by his spirit. God is not removed from us. He's in heaven and we're here and we're waiting to get to him. No, God is with us. We take communion and we proclaim his body. We proclaim his blood. We proclaim that he is the God who is with us. How do we know God came to be with us? Because his body and his blood testify of that. And he has left his body in the earth to also testify of that reality. God has come to us and God is now with us in Christ. Abide in me and I in you, Jesus said. John 15, 4 and 5. All through that discourse in John 15, of Jesus said, I'm the true vine and you're the branches. And he says, abide in me and I in you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch abides in the vine, as the life of the vine abides in the branch, that life is flowing. There is a union there. It's not the branch and the vine separate. It is the branch and the vine in union together. One life. It's not you and Christ. It's you in Christ and Christ in you. There is one life and one union that exists there. It is Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, Paul said in Galatians 2.20. So Emmanuel literally means God with us. That's what this word means. When the prophet spoke it, when Isaiah spoke it, and it was recorded in Isaiah 7.14, you shall call his name Emmanuel. That means God with us. And Matthew says that when Jesus came, when he was born, it was so that what the prophet spoke would be fulfilled. Jesus fulfilled all that was prophesied. Amen? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. The significance of Emmanuel is that God has come to us into the world in which we live, into the world which he created. That's what Emmanuel means, God with us. God has come to us. God never expected man to reach him. Are you hearing me, church? Instead, God has reached us. God never expected man to reach him by achieving some elevated spiritual state. That is impossible. For me to reach God, for me to attain some righteousness or spirituality that enables me to reach God is impossible. This is why God gave us the law. This is why God did everything he did not to give us a formula to become righteous. That's not what the law was about but to give us a picture of his nature and his character that revealed to us that he is so much higher than us. His righteousness is so beyond us. His holiness is so beyond us that try as you might, you will never reach me. And God knew that. And that's why he said, the sign I shall give you is Emmanuel. A baby will be born and his name shall be Emmanuel, God with us. No, God didn't expect us to reach him. Instead, God reached us. He came to us. He came to us in humbling himself, coming to us in this world. He was the word made flesh that dwelt among us in this world. Hallelujah. To know Emmanuel, to know God with us, is to know love. John writes in his letter, 1 John, In this, the love of God has 
manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. God coming to us is the reality of God's love for us. How do we know God really loves us? Because God really came to us. See, the skeptic says, well, how do I know God loves me? Look at all the death and destruction and disaster all around. If God loved, then why would he let these things happen? Why would my loved one have died? Why did the tsunami happen? Why did the earthquake come? Why? How do we know God loves us? We know God loved us because he came to us. He came for us. And he gave his very life so that we might be saved. God never said, You'll never have disaster. You'll never have tribulation on this earth. No, in fact, he said, you will have tribulation on this earth. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. How did he overcome the world? He did it because he came. He came to us. Church, this is what Advent is about. This is what we're celebrating. This is what Christmas is about. Not just a baby in a manger, but that God came down. Love came down and he overcame the world. And we know that we too can overcome. We have hope even in the midst of the darkness of this world. Why? Because he came to us. Because he is God with us. Hallelujah. God with us. God with us is. That is our salvation. God with us is salvation. Now, I want you to think about this. Salvation is often thought of in terms of us going to be with God. I mean, let's, I mean, it, for a long time, when I thought of, I'm saved, I'm going to die and go to heaven one day. We always ask the question, if you die tonight, do you know that you would go to heaven? Well, that's a valid question. But I, I think sometimes maybe we ought to ask a more pertinent question. How are you living your life right now before you die? Do you know that you're saved and does your life testify of that salvation? I mean, if we're just hanging around here trying to find a way to survive and exist until we all get to heaven, we've missed the whole point of salvation. That's not why Jesus came, so that we could just make it through and one day get to heaven. He came and he walked this earth. He lived a life on this earth and his life testified that he is salvation, that he is God with us. And so salvation is often thought of in terms of us going to be with God instead of God coming to be with us. Salvation is not that we're going to go to God one day. Salvation is that God has already come to us. That's what salvation is about. Not what's going to happen one day, but what has already happened. You already have salvation if you are in Christ. If you have received by faith, through faith, what Christ has done for you on that cross, then you have salvation. You're not waiting to get it one day. You already have it. This is salvation. It is God with us. Celebrating the birth of Christ is celebrating the salvation of God that has come into this world. God in Christ came into our world of sin and suffering. Listen, church, we, I think we lose the sight of this. We lose the reality of this sometimes. We get caught up so much in our own suffering, in our own pain, in, in the things that are happening around us. God came into this world. 
Christ came into this world of sin and suffering, of pain and poverty, of death and depravity to save us. He experienced the same things. He who knew no sin became sin for us. He lived a sinless life, but Jesus understood better than we ever will the full weight and the full magnitude of what sin will do. He experienced it on the cross. He became sin for us so that we could be the righteousness of God in Him. He suffered for us. He laid down the riches of heaven and became poor for us. Not so you could drive a Lexus painted gold or live in a mansion on a hill, but He came and identified with the state of our poverty. The rich young ruler... He might have been rich in the world's terms, but he was poor. He lacked the very thing that was most important, that was the most valuable thing he could possess, faith in the Messiah. If you have faith in the Messiah, if you have faith in Christ this morning, if you know that Jesus is already your salvation, he is God with us, if you know that, You have the most valuable thing you can possess. God came, Christ came into this world to save us. Jesus came to us in love because we needed to be saved. He didn't come because he had to come. He didn't come because the Father ordered him to come. He came because he loved us. The Father sent the Son because he loved us. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Jesus came to us in love because we needed to be saved. Jesus came into this world not just to save us, but to become our salvation. He is salvation. God with us is salvation. Our faith is not in a God we will be with one day. Our faith is in the God who is with us now. In Christ. We need to understand this church. Whatever you're walking through in life. God is with you now. You're not just walking through hoping you're going to get to him one day. No, he is with you right now. Through the good times, through the bad times, through the light, through the darkness, through the valleys, on the mountaintops, and everything in between. God is with us. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. Jesus is eternally God with us, for he himself has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. That's what Hebrews 13.5 says. Jesus Christ is God who is eternally with us, and he has promised that he will never leave us, he will never forsake us. For God will not leave or forsake that which has become part of him, nor can it be separated from his love. This is what Paul is saying in Romans 8. What can separate us? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Why would Jesus forsake that which has become a part of Him? This is what Paul is alluding to in Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, 29. Paul says, No one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. God will not forsake you because you have become Part of Him. 
very bone of bone and flesh of flesh in Christ Jesus. Church, you need a, rea- you need a revelation of that. To be able to walk through this life with the assurance of who you are in Christ and who Christ is. He's not the God waiting for you one day. He is the God who is with you right now. We're waiting for Him to manifest, but that doesn't mean He's not here. He is here right now. He abides in us. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Scripture says. And you can't separate the Holy Spirit from the Son and from the Father. They are one. And so if God is in you, He's in you. In reality, in truth, in power, in glory. He is the God who is with us. Jesus is. The word Jesus is a transliteration. It's actually, it comes from the Hebrew. It's the same word, it's the same name that Joshua had. You know, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. You know, that Joshua who led the children of Israel into the promised land. Significant that it was Joshua, God saved, that led the children of Israel into the promised land. You say, well, God was kind of mean to Moses. You know, he didn't let Moses come in. No, Moses, there was a reason for that. Moses represented the law. And the law could never take us into the promise. The law could only bring us to the brink of the promise. But Christ, he is the promise. And it's through faith that we come into the promise of God. Jesus is Joshua, Yeshua. It means God saved. It doesn't even mean God saves. It means God saved. And that is significant. Jesus and Emmanuel, two names, one Savior. See, God wasn't indecisive in what he wanted to name his son. Uh, Should I name him Jesus or should I name him Emmanuel? No, he is one and the same. He is Jesus and he is Emmanuel. If you shall call call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. He is Jesus. Is he Jesus or is he Emmanuel? He is both. He is both. Christ must be Jesus He must be Emmanuel in order to be Savior. For Christ to be Savior, He must be Jesus and He must be Emmanuel. If Christ is truly God saved, then He must also truly be God with us. He cannot be one without being the other. If Jesus is not also Emmanuel, we have no sure eternal hope. God saved must also be God with us to provide True, eternal salvation. God has not given us temporary salvation. God has not given us temporary life. The gift of God is not temporary life. The gift of God is eternal life. That means it has no end. God is. He is our salvation. Can can God be salvation but not be with us? Can God be our salvation and not be with us? I submit to you, He cannot. He cannot be salvation and be absent from us. He can't. God does not pull us out of sin like a drowning man out of water only to leave us to fall in again. We are totally depraved. That means we cannot help ourselves. We will fall in again and again and again. Jesus didn't come 
pull us out of sin and say, okay, boys, now you're on your own. I shook the, what's that thing called? The Etch-A-Sketch is clean now. The slate's been wiped clean. Now, what you do now is up to you. That's not what Jesus did. He didn't come and save us and then leave us to see what we're going to do. He knew exactly what we would do. We cannot help ourselves. We were trapped, Paul said. He said, I tried. I thought I could do it through the law. This is what he means in Romans 7. But I found that there is a law at work in my members called the law of sin and death. And try as I might, there was no way for me to escape it. Who will deliver me from this body of sin? I thank God for Jesus Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. That's not a license for you to go out and sin. My gosh. Grace is not your license to live a sinful life. Grace is your deliverance from sin. Grace is the very reason why you don't have to live in sin any longer. Grace is why we should not desire to live in sin any longer. Grace is what should reveal to us, motivate us, and and cause us to understand that we now have become the righteousness of God. In Christ. How did we get there? We didn't pull ourselves out of that drowning pit. God pulled us out. We didn't set ourselves on a firm foundation. God set us on a firm foundation. And He is the firm foundation that we've been set upon. In order for God to save us from ourselves. He cannot leave us to ourself. He must deliver us from ourself by becoming not only God saved, but God with us. See, God could come and save us and then leave, and He might deliver us, but it wouldn't be a final deliverance. It wouldn't be an eternal deliverance. It would only be a temporary deliverance. In order for God to deliver us from ourself, He has got to not just save us from ourselves, but He has got to become God with us. And how is he with us? He is with us in Christ. Remember, it's not God and me, it's God in me. He's with me because he dwells in me and because I dwell in him. So how does God deliver us from ourself? How does God deliver us from ourself? The answer is the cross. The cross is how God delivers us from ourself. See, we can't talk about the birth of Christ and not talk about the cross of Christ. You can't do it. Because the only reason Jesus was born was so that he could identify with that cross. And we can't talk about the cross of Christ and not talk about the resurrection of Christ because the only reason he went to that cross was so that he could come out of that tomb. Because if there is no resurrection, Paul says, we're, we're all pretty pitiable. I mean, we are the most pitiable of all men if we only have hope in this life. But praise God, we don't just have hope in this life. See, the birth testifies not only of the fact that he was born, but the fact that he died. And the fact that he died testifies of the fact that he was buried and that he was resurrected. And the fact that he was resurrected testifies of of who we are and the hope that we have. That he is not just the God who saved us, but he is the God who is with us. Because death, hell, and the grave could not hold him. He arose conquering death hell, 
in the grave, and he is God with us. How do we know that? Well, there's all kinds of ways, but one of the most important ways is when he ascended, he sent the Holy Spirit to us as a sign and a seal that he is God with us. We don't just have wafers and cups of grape juice to testify of that. We have the very same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling in us as the sign and the seal that he truly is God with us. God delivers us from ourself through the cross. We are crucified with him so that it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, Galatians 2.20. Paul said in Romans 6, 6, our old man was crucified with him. And in verse 7 he says, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Paul says if you have been crucified with him, you've also been raised with him. If you have been buried with him in baptism, in the likeness of his death, then you also have been raised with him so that you can walk in newness of life. Who's New life do we walk in, not our own, but in the life of Christ. This is the power of resurrection. This is what we are declaring. This is what we celebrate when we celebrate His coming. Our hope is not temporary, but eternal in Christ. If I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. I love the way the King James words Galatians 2.20. Look what it says. If you have a different version, I use a New King James, but I I like how the original New King James words this. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. I mean, Paul being crucified with Christ was as real as anything to him. But he also knew, nevertheless I live. Yet, look what he says, yet not I Christ lives in me. That is, that is a mystery right there. I have been crucified with Christ, yet I live, yet not I. But it is Christ who lives in me. And the life that we now live in the flesh, we live by faith in the Son of God. Faith in what? Faith that He has through the cross. Because I am crucified with Him, I have faith that He has delivered me from myself. Faith that says he's not just the God that saved, past tense, saved me. He is God with me to never leave me, to never forsake me. God saved and God with us. It is so real, so true, so eternal in Jesus Christ that this is what should fill our lives with the hope that God has given to us. See, if God with us and God saved us, is not real to you, you will go through this life and you will not always have hope. But God didn't leave us without hope. He he is God with us. And He has testified and, and left every reason for us to believe that He is. Even to the point that He has given us His very self same Spirit. He's God who saved us. We're not waiting to be saved. We are saved if we are in Christ. And so this is the hope that we're to be filled with. It is that hope, that promise, that truth and reality that we celebrate in the coming of Jesus, past and future. It's that hope, church, that He is God with us, that He is God who saved us. That's what we celebrate when we celebrate His birth at Christmas. 
That's what we celebrate when we look forward to His coming. He is the God who saved us. He is the God who is now with us. He has come. He is with us. He is coming. You say, how, that, how can that be, Pastor Jeff? Stop trying to figure things out according to your finite humanness. He has come. He is with us. And He is coming. Those are all true. When He ascended, He didn't, he didn't leave us orphans. That's exactly what Jesus said to His disciples in John 14. It's exactly, he said, I'm, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to ascend, but I'm going to ascend to you, the Holy Spirit. I will be, this is why he says, Lo, I will be with you even until the end of the age. He's still with us, church. He's never left us. He's never forsaken us. He never will. He is God with us. He is now eternally present. Do you live your life with the, with the comprehension with an understanding, whether you can totally understand it. That's not what I'm talking about. But do you live your life with the revelation that He is eternally present with you? He's not present because Rick did real good on the keys and, and boy, you really felt His presence. He was present then, but, but now I'm, I'm really struggling. I've got financial difficulty. I've got health issues. My, I've got family issues. I just, I just don't feel like God is with me any longer. Well, stop living by your feelings. Because God with you has nothing to do with how you feel. God with you has nothing to do with the tribulation you might be going through in your life right now. God with you has absolutely nothing to do with your circumstance or your situation. His promise transcends all of that. He is God with you because that's who He has declared Himself to be. He has never left you. He has never forsaken you because that is the promise that the Word of God declares to us in Hebrews 13, 5. That's your promise. If you're in Christ, that's your promise. If you're not in Christ, if you're not saved this morning, He's never been with you. That doesn't mean He's not, he's not here, He's not around, but He's not with you if you're not in Christ. Say, well, you know, I go to church every so often, you know, so that, so that God doesn't forget who I am. I've actually had people tell me that. Well, you know, I pop in every now and then so God won't forget who I am. You know, that doesn't even make sense, right? I don't want God just to not forget who I am. Oh, yeah, there's Jeff down there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember him. Now, I want God to know me. And the only way God can know me is if I am in His Son, because God can only know me through His Son. So if I still have any separation, if, it's, if I'm living life and it's God and me, i got a problem. If I'm not living life with the understanding that it's not God and me, it is God in me and me in God. This is what Jesus says in John 14, 21. You see, pre-resurrection... And you see post-resurrection. And post-resurrection, Jesus says, in that day that you know that I live, after my resurrection, you will be in me and I will be in you and we'll all be in the Father. Pre-resurrection, Jesus just said, I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. Don't you know that? 
post-resurrection, Jesus says, in that day, you'll know that I live. And in that day, I'll be in you, you'll be in me, as I am in the Father. And I asked people this question. I said, if you, are you in Christ? They said, yes, I'm in Christ. I said, then where are you? Oh, well, what do you mean? Is Jesus in the Father? Yes, Jesus is in the Father. Are you in the Father? Well, I will be one day, I guess. No, no, wrong answer. If you're in Christ, you are in the Father. How do we know that, Pastor Jeff? Because that's exactly what Jesus said in John 14, 21. And the question is, do we know who we are? Do we know where we are? Do we know who our salvation is? Do we know that this is God with us? Not God's going to take me to heaven one day, but I mean, God is with me right now. Do you know that, church? You who are walking through trials and tribulations, do you know that God is with you right now? He's with you. And the world might be throwing everything, including the kitchen sink at you right now, but that does not mean God is not with you. He is with you. As a matter of fact, he says, hey, if you just got hit in the head with the kitchen sink, go ahead and rejoice anyways because I've overcome not only the kitchen sink, but I have overcome the world. Those things really don't matter. This is why Paul was able to write what he wrote in Romans. He lists all the things that happened to him, but he says, I've learned to be content in all things. Why? Because I know God with me. And I know God saved me. And he will never leave me and he will never forsake me. God with us. He is now eternally present. He is God saved. You shall call his name Jesus, which means God saved. And God saved means he is salvation eternally finished. Not waiting to see whether it's going to be finished. He's not waiting to see how well you perform in your life as to whether you get your salvation or not. No. 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 Do I need to say that again? No. (laughs) He is God saved. Your salvation is eternally finished. Period. How do we know? Because that's what the scripture declares. Yeah, but, you know, my church, I don't care what your church taught you. I'm saying, what does the Scripture teach us about God? Who is the Savior? He is the God who saved us. If you are in Christ, your salvation is eternally finished because He is God saved. Are you living your life with the understanding of the eternally finished work of salvation that Jesus performed on the cross? Are you still letting the lies and the deceits of the evil one get into your head and make you think all kinds of things that aren't true? What should this reality that he is God saved, that that the salvation that he is is an eternally finished salvation, what should that do? Well, that should help us to just go on to maturity. That should cause us to recognize the magnitude of what Jesus Christ has done at the cross. 
to understand exactly who he is. This, is. this is what we're talking about today. This is the celebration. This is why Christmas is so much more. I love Christmas trees. I got one in my house. I love Christmas presents. I'm going to get some. I'm going to give some. I love Christmas music. Spencer loves Bing Crosby. We've had Bing Crosby singing Christmas music on the iPod. I, lo- I-, I love all of that. I don't even have a problem with Santa Claus. I don't have a problem with that. But I do have a problem with people not understanding. And and part of understanding Christmas is understanding it's so much more than just a baby in a manger. We don't want to ooh and ah and coo over the little baby in the manger. But I'm going to tell you what, the only reason there was a baby in the manger was so that we could stand here today and say he is God saved. So that we could stand here today and say that he is our salvation and that salvation is eternally finished. Because of the totality of what he has done from his birth to his death to his resurrection to the fact that he is seated at the right hand of the Father right now. We can declare that truth. He is God saved. I can know right now that my salvation is eternally finished because He is my salvation. I'm not my salvation. He is my salvation. And that should create in us a desire to glorify Him, to live for Him, to yield all to Him if He has the power to save me when I had no power whatsoever to save myself, why would I think He is powerless in any other area of my life? See, the problem is not that we think God is powerless. We just feel like we've got to have all of our questions answered. So if there's something happening in my life I really don't understand right now, well, I must be causing that. It must be something, then God must be upset with me. Why would you believe that? I mean, if there's something that you need to get right in your life, get it right. The Spirit of God will reveal that to you. Then let the Spirit of God deal with you in that. But don't come looking for an instant fix. Because I happen to believe the only instant fix there is, is the new birth. Instantly, you were made a new creation. Everything else after that is a process that God works out by His Holy Spirit in your life. It really is. But we all want the instant fix. But yet, over and over in the Scripture, we don't see the instant fix. We see the line upon line, precept upon precept. We see a process of living life and God working through our everyday lives. Not the big spectacular things, but but the everyday little mundane things that we take for granted, that's where God does His greatest work. While you're standing at your sink, ladies, doing your dishes, that's, that's a place God can do some of His greatest work. Because that might be the one place where you're not consumed with everything else. And maybe that's where God's going to speak to you. Maybe that's where God's going to just open your heart right up and speak something to you. I don't know. But God knows. And what I'm saying is, He is God with us. He is the God who has saved us. 
This is what we're celebrating at Christmas time. This is what we should know and remember and acknowledge every day of our life. I mean, seasons are great, holidays are great. But I happen to believe there's a reason why the Scripture does not reveal to us specifically when He was born. We know exactly when He died. We don't know exactly when He was born. There are some things that are much more important than other things. We know He was born. But the fact that He was born was never meant to just give us a reason to remember Him one day out of the year. He's given us His Word. He's given us His Spirit. and We should live with this reality, this knowledge. We should carry it with us. It should be present with us every day. He doesn't just come to us at Christmas time and Easter time and what other select holidays we like to really get real spiritual, as Rick says. He's with us every day. Even when you don't know He's with you. Even when you can't feel Him. Even when you can't see Him. Even when you would swear and bet your last dollar that He's not there. I promise you He's there. He's there. This is why we're told, church, we're to walk by faith and not by sight. Sight will deceive you. Faith endures through what it can see and what it can't see. Amen? He is God with us. He is the God who saved us. He has come. He is with us. He is coming. Praise God. Let's all stand. I want to ask you this morning, is there anyone here Maybe you've never known that God in that way. Maybe you've never known God in that way. Maybe you've never thought of God in that way. Maybe you've never really considered the union that God desires to bring you into. Not a separation, not just you and God, but I mean God wants to bring you into union with Him. He wants you to be part of Him. He wants you to become a partaker of His life, of His very nature. That you would have the hope and the promise to be sure as the Scripture declares it. And if you're here and you've never never surrendered to Christ in that way, you've never acknowledged Him in that way, and you say, Pastor Jeff, I really want you to pray for me. I've never thought of Christ in that way. I've never thought of my relationship with God in that way. If that's you, would you be bold enough to raise your hand? Is there anyone here? You say, just, I want you to pray with me concerning my relationship with Christ. Anyone, anyone. Church, I'll tell you right now, this is something that every member of the body of Christ, we need to grow in the knowledge and the understanding of these things. No one is immune. I don't care how long you've been walking with the Lord. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean that I don't have moments when I struggle. If every believer were honest, I think every believer would say, I have times in my life when I struggle. And I say, God, why God? God, you know, God, did you like blink for a moment or what happened? No. 
See, if we have the assurance of who He is, though, you might have that, you might have that thought, but I'm going to tell you what, you'll never allow that thought to take root, conceive and give birth in your mind of a lifestyle of doubting God or of rejecting God. Salvation is not just something we have. Salvation is someone who has us. And God is big enough to overcome your doubts. He's big enough to overcome your fears. And Father, we just pray today, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to us. Lord, all of us here have had a revelation of you to some degree. And I pray, Father God, that you would, by your Spirit, reveal to us the very reality and truth of who you are in a way, Lord, that has not been revealed to us before. Lord, reveal yourself to us in the circumstance or the situation that we may find ourselves in. Lord, maybe we've lived and we've been content and we've just known you and had such great faith, but maybe we've come up against something in our life right now, God, that has shaken us. Lord, I pray that you would give us a revelation that you're greater, you're greater than that thing that has shaken us. You're greater than the mountain. You're greater than the valley. You're greater than whatever it might be that we're facing. You are greater. And you transcend everything. Lord, you're not the God we're waiting for. You're the God that has already come to us. You're God with us. We're not waiting to see whether we have salvation. Lord, if we have, by grace through faith in Christ, been born again, Lord, you are the God who has saved us. The salvation we have is an eternally finished work. And we thank you for that, Father. Lord, we pray today that you would, by your Spirit, open our hearts and open our minds. Bring us to maturity and bring us to conformity that we might conform to the image of the Son, that you would, Lord Jesus, as Paul declares in Ephesians, be the God who fills all in all. We pray this, we ask this for your glory, God. And it's in your name, the name above all names, in the name of Jesus that we pray and everybody said, Amen. Come on, church, give the Lord a good hand. God bless you. He is God who is with us. He is our salvation. Praise the Lord. Have a very, very blessed Christmas. Yes, we are. Right now we're getting ready to take up an offering for Rick. I pray that you have a very, very blessed Christmas. If I don't see you before then. And if I could have the ushers, uh, if you guys would just stand right back there at that door. Before, before you leave, what I'd ask you to do is just obey the Spirit of God. Uh, Rick didn't come here asking for anything. And if he left here and we didn't give him anything, he might complain, but he wouldn't do it to us. We want to bless him because he's been a blessing to us, and we want him to be able to continue to be a blessing. So I'm going to pray a prayer, and then you're going to be dismissed after this prayer. And then I want you to, to give. The guys are standing back there with the buckets. Father, we just thank you for Rick. Lord, we thank you for his 
friendship. We thank you for his faith. We thank you, Lord, for the witness that he is for you. We thank you for the the ministry that you've given him. And Father, we ask, Lord, that you would meet this man's needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Father, I pray that you would move on the hearts of your people. And Lord, we would just simply obey the leading of your spirit. Lord, I pray that you bless him as he goes. Watch over him. Keep him safe. I pray, Father God, that he would, Lord, just experience, uh, Lord, your provision everywhere he goes. Father, as he has blessed us, we bless him. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. Give on your way out. Have a great day and a Merry Christmas. If you want prayer, need prayer for anything,